You are listening to the Informal Investigation Podcast. This is the podcast where we investigate, experience, and share interesting finds. My name is Asher, and let's begin. Informal Investigation Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. We are not responsible if you mess up. You should always do your own homework. If you try anything mentioned on this podcast, you are doing so at your own risk. The views presented on this podcast are solely those of the speakers and do not represent any affiliated or unaffiliated organizations. Today, we are opening an informal investigation into flannel. In case you've been isolating super hard and don't get out much, let me be the one to tell you, flannel season 2020 is here. As you're getting geared up with your favorite soft, warm, colorful winter garments, do you find yourself asking yourself, self, what, when, how, and why do we all get flannelized? Flannel is a soft woven fabric. Yep, a soft woven fabric. It's really that simple. Originally, it was made from wool, but now it's made from wool, cotton, synthetic fiber, and I think you can even get it made out of some kind of vegetation. So, what makes it so soft? Two things. One, it's loosely spun, and the second, flannel can be brushed uh, for extra softness. What happens here is um, there are fine metal brushes that scrape the material, raising fine fibers, creating what's called a nap, uh, which is just a fancy word for a raised fuzzy surface. So what about the pattern? Does it need to be tartan? I know guys, big words. Tartan is that classic pattern we see on flannel shirts with crisscross horizontal and vertical bands um, of different colors. The answer to this is no though. Flannel is just the soft fuzzy material that is fuzzified using the two methods I just mentioned. But tartans guys, come on now. Tartans deserve a little sidetrack here. Tartans have a rich history in Scotland. Each clan was represented by a different tartan pattern. Believe it or not, you can officially register your own pattern today no matter where in the world you live, who your ancestors are, or your personal feelings about flannel. That's equal opportunity for you. Just go to tartanregister.gov.uk and make it official. It seems you design a weave, then name it, and register it for a mere price of 70 pounds. You should probably check that no no one has already registered your tartan, or your application will likely be rejected, and you will be chased down by an angry Scottish clan. Of course, I immediately started sketching out my own tartan, but tartans are going to have to have their own episode. This is about flannel. My first exposure to flannel was from Oshkosh Bagash before I can even remember. My first memorable flannel experience was in grade school. My mom bought me a wardrobe full of beautiful flannel. It's warm, soft, colorful. What could go wrong, right? Unfortunately, my esteemed grade school colleagues did not feel the same way. At that time, I suppose flannel was not the coolest thing. I was made fun of a bit, and some people called me Raymore and flannel again. Ha ha, yeah, I know. Well, actually, fortunately, I was always a big dude, so there was a limit uh, to how far they were willing to take this. I don't actually remember caring all that much, but I, it likely made an impression because my next phase was Hawaiian shirts, 
uh, which are so not fuzzy they feel slick. As you can tell, I was always a super cool kid. I was trying to figure out the origin story of flannel, but I was not able to find all that much. There is no official book on flannel, and when you Google it, you find vague stories by every company that sells flannel. After reading the same useless information 25 times, I gave up and went with what I had. The party line here seems to be flannel is of Welsh origin sometime in the 17th century. Makes sense because the Welsh had tons of sheep, therefore wool, and the first flannels were made of wool. Also, they created new ways of processing wool, uh, such as carding in 1789, which would make production much easier. Stepping back and thinking of things from the Whalian's perspective, I mean, these people were just taking a firm stance against scratchy wool sweaters or even underwear. Imagine wearing scratchy wool underwear every day. I know, try to unthink that one. You're welcome. Also, poofing out material, it makes it warmer just like you poof up your down coat. It makes sense that the origin story is a little bit murky. Uh, We are literally trying to figure out where soft, fuzzy fabric was invented. This is not the most specific thing in the world. In 1861, during the U.S. Civil War, soldiers were commonly seen in flannels. In 1889, Hamilton Carhartt, yep, that Carhartt, uh, opened his factory in Detroit, Michigan, creating tough flannel garments for the working man. Flannel quickly became the symbol for the rugged, hardworking man. Loggers and railroad workers soon adopted this material as their flannel form. I just made that up, by the way. The mythical giant Paul Bunyan, garbed in his classic red flannel shirt, really drove home the relationship between flannel and manliness. At this point, I headed down the Paul Bunyan rabbit hole to discover it goes way too deep for comfort, so let's move on. Flannel uh, was used in clothing in both world wars. The famous Parsons M1941 field jacket was lined with flannel. Even our white-collar friends wanted to get in on this, and in the 1950s, men's flannel suits became somewhat popular. In the 1990s, flannel joined the grunge scene and was worn by Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and others. Currently, uh, flannels are as popular as ever. The website Outside Online uh, calls this fashion trend lumber sexual, like sexy lumberjack, if you guys needed that explained. While researching this episode, I came across the Red Flannel Festival, celebrated 82 years this October. I know, we just missed it. Next year, we're going to be there. I already added it to my calendar. I really did, by the way. The story of the festival begins during the frigid winter of 1936. A New York feature writer was complaining, no surprise there, guys, um, that there were no red flannels to wear during this freezing winter. It seems a newspaper from Cedar Springs, Michigan, wrote back kindly explaining that just because you don't see red flannel in the hoity-toity stores of New York doesn't mean flannel is not being made around the country. She wrote, I quote, Who but a New Yorker would conclude that all the world doesn't because we don't? Ouch, yo. The story was picked up, and next thing you know, orders were pouring into this small city uh, with a population of 2,000. It seems they mostly sold drop seaters, um, which looks to be a one-piece flannel long underwear with a butt flap. I mean, I'm assuming the flap was to allow the wearer to use uh, the bathroom without having to take off all their clothes and expose themselves to the elements. 
I guess it could have also could also help with procreation um, on those cold nights. I mean, when you when you live in a town of two thousand, every opportunity counts. Soon, soon after, a festival day was made uh, to commemorate this big event um, in the town of Cedar Springs. These festivals were pretty serious business. Uh, on their website, they state that in 1939, the police were arresting anyone not wearing red on festival day. In all seriousness, red flannel helped keep this little town of 2000 on the map. I'm hoping to see everyone October 2nd, 2021 at the Red Flannel Festival. As you may have guessed, I didn't let a bunch of haters affect my clothing choice in grade school. I've been going strong with flannel ever since, and patiently waiting for the world to catch up with to me. With everything going on in the world, I've been trying to support U.S. businesses and thought I would take this opportunity to upgrade my flannels. I came across the Vermont Flannel Company. Um, This is a family-owned business in Vermont. All their flannels are made in the USA. Over time, uh, they have created quite the customer base of fanatic flannel followers. At least that's what they call them. Fanatic flannel followers, fanatic flannel followers, whatever. I bought a lot of stuff from them, um, and it's extremely, extremely high quality. Like when you put it on, you know you have that feeling like, oh yeah. You know, they, they, have, they have pretty much flannelized everything. Um, they have shirts, pants, robes, scarves, bags, hats. They make flanyards to wear around your neck. Um, they have their flanny pack. It's a flannel waist pouch. And of course, their vong. That's a flannel thong, not a bong. If that's where your mind was going. While recording this episode, I'm actually wearing their luxurious and super loungeable flannel robe. And no, I'm not getting paid by them. I just think they're a pretty cool company. So why is flannel so manly? Why is it so fashionable? Why does it transcend age, sex, race, well, I'm actually I'm I'm not I'm not really sure where race comes in, but I I just felt like I wanted to say it. Well, simply, um, it's comfortable and it's warm. I mean, wear wear what works, and don't let any hacks tell you what's fashionably acceptable. We are currently in the time of the practi sexual revolution. Being practical is fashionable, but only if you're not doing it for that reason. With that, we are going to close this investigation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to be notified about our upcoming episodes. Also, check the links in our show notes for the resources discussed in this episode on informalinvestigation.com.